The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, though, I want to return to something we started talking about way back now, it seems, at four o'clock, which is the debate and discussion about the value of Ireland's call as our rugby anthem. Trevor Ringland is with me, who is a former international, of course, uh, for Ireland, chairman of the One Small Step campaign. Trevor, you're very, very welcome to the show. Um, Before we talk about Ireland's call, you might remind us about uh, the song that stirred all of your passions at the 1987 World Cup. Yes, uh, in 1987 World Cup, uh, previously we, when we toured or, or went abroad, we had no anthem. And But in the World Cup, everybody else had an anthem. And so we were playing against Wales in Wellington. And we listened to the very powerful Welsh anthem. And then we are standing there wondering what we were going to get. And over the Tannoy system came uh, a pretty poor recording of uh, the Rose of Tralee. <laughs> and as they, as they say, there's, there's many songs you're going to lay your life down for, but the Rose of Tralee is not one of them. <laughs> no, uh, that, that is not a hill and, many people want to die on, the Rose of Tralee one. Con Hullan, who wrote in the Irish Independent, he said, uh, maybe for the next match, he says, you should play God Save the Rose of Tralee. <laughs> so, so it was quite funny. Um, yeah. So how then, from, like, from, from your point of view, the player's point of view, how, how did Ireland's call come about or the need for it? Like, was it? Was it an active discussion that was had amongst players, the need for an inclusive anthem? Or was it something that happened kind of at IRFU level above your heads? I think it's probably a bit of both, but I think it's certainly the RFU looked at it. And I think as you find in a lot of organizations and, and sports in particular, if, if they see a problem, they say, well, how do we, how do we deal with that problem? And, and as constructively as possible. I think you also have to go right back to when, when Ireland partitioned a hundred years ago. And even though constitutionally the two parts of the island moved apart and the ambition was that they, they would stay together in a whole range of ways. And one way in which they did was a lot of sports that were previously all Ireland sports remained all Ireland sports. And so as rugby evolved and a hundred years ago when Ireland was partitioning, uh, the Irish rugby team, I think, was fourth in the Five Nations Championship. And then since then, it it was an understanding, I think, that emerged over the years that uh, because they played matches in Dublin, so the, the Soldier Song and the Tricolour Flew, and they also played matches uh, in Belfast. And at that time, the, the Union flag flew and God Save the King or Queen was sung. Um, and then in more recent times, matches have only really been played in in Dublin. Mm. And... Um, and and so we had the soldier song and the tricolor, and as I say, it was always a very it was the, the sheer concept of friendship and that people wanted you to be there that overcame any of the the, the questions around it. And so it was a tricolor and a and a, a soldier song that was very different to the one wrapped around the IRA. Um, and uh, similarly, I would say that you know the union flag that I represent and the anthem would be very different to the one wrapped around the the loyalist paramilitaries. So we came forward, and then we arrived at the World Cup and in 1987, and we had no song, and and so there, if you looked at it, and and. And they approached Phil Coulter and they asked Phil Coulter, would he produce a song? And he went away and he came back with, with Ireland's call. And uh, four proud provinces of Ireland standing together, shoulder to shoulder. And it worked. And and it is important to put the context of those times for some of your younger listeners. Yeah. In, when I was playing rugby for Ireland in 1981, 
started in 1981-82. My father was a police officer, and the most dangerous place in the world to be a police officer was Northern Ireland. And uh, this island was in danger of, of being overcome by the hatreds that were in show at that time. And a whole range of things were keeping those relationships going in a constructive way. And sport was one of them. And you had a number of sports that were, were playing a very active role in, in building those relationships and maintaining them. And, uh, and, and so... You have to see it in the context of those times, and even in the build-up to, to, the, to the 1987 World Cup, uh, three of my, my, my colleagues or teammates were travelling for a, a training session uh, across the border, and a judge, Lord, Lord Justice Morris Gibson and his wife, who was a lovely man, uh, he was blown up on a bomb that, 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 that murdered him. Uh, but the, their car was blown into the car of my three friends, David Irwin, Philip Rainey and Nigel Carr, and they were seriously injured. And why we could continue to play for an All-Ireland team at that time was because of that sheer concept of friendship and the goodwill that we had experienced as players, and not only at, at international level, but at club level and provincial level as well. And and so it, it's always been a sign of, of people say, you know, you couldn't have done relationships differently. Done. There's always been a better way of mm. doing relationships relationships and, and sport in so many ways shows that and Ireland's call is one way of tackling that problem and it does way in a very inclusive way. And when, when 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 things were at their most toxic during those years uh, um, you know people would have looked at I guess society in very much a binary way and, and, and the north in a binary way that you know kind of you could you could almost divide everybody uh, up kind of between kind of them and us whichever political persuasion you happen to be uh, uh, looking at it from. And did you see yourselves as maybe uh, as existing, not independent of it in the sense that you were untouched by it, but as 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 an example of the alternative, that you, you were obviously somebody who identified very strongly with that British heritage and that unionist heritage, but also you see yourself as Irish and you don't see a contradiction in the two. No, I, I absolutely don't. If, to me, rugby represented an Irishness, could also reflect its Britishness, and a Britishness could also be very comfortable with its Irishness. And then, of course, you have the British and Irish Lions, and, and as I say, sport does it in all sorts of ways, because in the Ryder Cup, we're going to be European um, very shortly as they take on, on, the, on the US. But it, it, I think extremes like to, to create that binary, binary image of us all, that we're all one thing or another. And I think the concept of us is what our Irish team is that currently playing in the World Cup. It represents all of us on this island. And most of us, and, and I think I've travelled the length and breadth of this island, I've never had anything other than a good experience. Yet at the same time, we seem to have extremes who manage to press buttons that, that try to tie us into their ideology. But their ideology just brought, you know, over three and a half thousand deaths, three and a half thousand suicides, thousands of injuries, billions of damage, and, and deepened uh, the divisions in our society rather than, than overcame them. And, and but always through that time, there were those of, of us, and I think it's the vast majority of people in this island, because I think we are good people right across this island. Um, and those of us who are coming together in all sorts of ways, with sport being one very good example, um, to, to maintain and, and counter the, uh, those extremes. And, and so our society never broke down in the way that it could have. Mm. And, and the likes of the work of, of, 
the RFU um, in coming up with Ireland's call. Um, even Croke Park, the GAA, opening up their ground at that time, and that was a very powerful occasion uh, in 2007 when we played against England. And it was the first time ever that I sang all three anthems because I just felt it was such an inclusive atmosphere that sport had created. And as I say, even if we remain constitutionally apart. There are so many ways we are together and there's over 200 all-Ireland bodies that already exist. There's friendships that we've built over the years, business relations. Mm. You know, there's a young solicitor from Cork rang me uh, about a year ago and without introducing who she was or what firm she was from, her opening line to me was, my boss wants to know if you're one of those rugby wingers that now looks like a prop. <laughs> Uh, what was your answer? Where she was from or who she was, I said, you tell your boss for me that he was a hooker uh, <laughs> that always looked like a prop. Uh, so, and, you know, I haven't seen uh, Paul Durham for 25 years or, or more, um, but I knew exactly who it was. And if we met up tomorrow, we'd pick up from where we, we finished 25 years ago. And, and you know, then the... How will we describe them then? The flag wrappers, um, you know, whether it's a tricolor or a Union Jack uh, that they're wrapping themselves in. I mean, they, they they can still be loud, but are they getting less numerous? I, I think that, that we always have to be cautious of, of those who wrap themselves in the flag, and and um, you know, the, the extreme nationalism it, it it also wraps itself in populism, and it, it tries to it, it, it tries to define people in a particular way and we're an awful lot more complex as a people than than they like to you know than, than they like to 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 promote um, and so we always have to challenge them and and you know going forward in the next 25 years I think the real challenge to us is, is we on this island is we have to face up to our hatreds. We have to look in the mirror and say we need to face up to hatreds and we need to challenge those who continue to promote them, that they have to change. You know, we have an Irish rugby team and the two things that the teams I played on that were successful, they were teams of friends and they were teams of players who not only challenged themselves first and foremost to do things better, but also challenged those around them and expected them also to change. And one of the greatest examples of that is actually the Northern Ireland football fans who got themselves into a horrible position in their attitudes. And they looked in the mirror and said, we need to change. We're destroying the game we love. And and they managed to do that. They challenged themselves and said, new songs, you know, a sea of green, um, the green and white army you hear of. And, you know, the relationship they built in the Euros in 2012 with the, the, the Republic of Ireland fans, it was, was bearing down, you know, it's, it's good to be rivals, enjoy rivalry, but also there's so many other opportunities where you can be together. And I think that's that's where most people are in this island, that we're comfortable uh, because we can come together in so many ways. And this Saturday is going to be a really big occasion and the whole of Ireland is going to be supporting them. And if I just say, Karen, yeah. I am somebody who united the people of Ireland because I have it in good authority that, that when I scored a try against England, both wings <laughs> of the Maze Prison, uh, both parliamentary wings of the Maze Prison cheered. <laughs> and they say, I united the people of Ireland again when I let an English winger score three tries and they said, get rid of him, he's useless. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Trevor, uh, uh, we, we hope we see uh, similar try scoring at the weekend uh, from uh, the men in green, whichever side of the border they happen to be from. And I know we are looking forward to it uh, here. And we're broadcasting live from the bridge uh, on Baggett Street uh, in Dublin ahead of the game. No, Ballsbridge. Uh, 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 my apologies. Uh, 
Uh, ahead of the game, we're going to have uh, a whole host of experts uh, and uh, former players with us in studio as well. So we really look forward to that. Uh, Trevor, thanks a million for joining us. Trevor Ringland, uh, former international rugby player, chairman of the One Small Step campaign. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.